Welcome, reanimated fans. I uh, hope you all are doing quite well. Summer is officially hit, at least on the East Coast. I don't know about the West Coast. Is it hitting there too, or has it hit a while ago? Oh, it's yeah. We've got some got some nice high temps. Uh, rain's done, I think, for the yeah. immediate future. Um, but the dulcet tones you just heard, my intrepid co-host or Tiffin. I'm AJ Conrad. Uh, little little work things to work around. So uh, sorry for the for the uh, the skip last weekend, but um, you know, moving forward, and we today are going to be talking about uh, this film that was uh, out of Uruguay called Virus Thirty Two. Well, um, did you uh, did you have a good sense of where Montevideo was before we did this? Um, yes, actually, um, but only because I have a friend from Uruguay. Is that um, how you say that too, Montevideo? Uh, I am not a good person to ask that of, so I, I'm just not going to say it. <laughs> it's where it's where the film is set. Yes. Um, yeah. And so you know, this is um, this director um, is uh, Gustavo uh, Hernandez, and he has like a few other things um, that have been in the hopper. I have not personally seen them. Um, and then there's also uh, another writer involved. Uh, I think Huma Fode or, or Fode, I think it's Fode. Um, and so this is, um, this was released to shutter. It was hitting a few other film festivals, correct, Stuart? I, I'm not sure if what, what festival work it got, but yeah, it was definitely, um, promoted to my eyeballs uh, for being a shutter exclusive or shutter original. Yeah. Um, and you know, it definitely pulls from like a bunch of films that if you are into, into the genre, you're going to recognize them. If you, if you like watch, I felt like echoes of a ton of stuff. So there's like, uh, there's definitely some 28 days later, a big, heavy, heavy homage to 28 days later. I feel like almost it could be a related you know, it it wouldn't be shocking uh, if Danny Boyle was just like hanging out there in the background or something like that. Huh. Um, then definitely a little bit of Dawn of the Dead um, in there. But it's also got its own like kind of like different. It's got its own flavor, so to speak. Um, but, you know, we'll talk we'll get into all of that. Um, great cast, I thought. Um, and, you know, overall, I think it's kind of an interesting thing because you have these exclusives to Shudder and Netflix and some are really just um, like terrible, like terrible and schlocky and low budget. I would say this is somewhere in the middle. Like it's not supposed to be this like massive like blockbuster, but it it hits all the notes um, for the most part. I have a couple of definite criticisms, but um Overall, I, you know, just this is my initial sort of take on it. I thought this was like a really fun ride. Um, Just, you know, there's there and I, you know, and my criticisms aren't necessarily criticisms, but there's like moments in a film when you're like, oh, my God, really? Oh, this is mm, they're going to do this. Really? (laughs) And there's moments when the tropes, the tropes just like like make you just groan out loud a little Uh, bit. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like the oh, there's the radio uh, broadcast about the illness that she's not paying attention to. That was pretty early on. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, um, like and. You know, so so that being said, um, this was to me a delight um, overall to watch, um, especially as it like the cinematography was really great. And I felt Dude. like 
it was amazing. And I felt like the storytelling with the shots that they did and with the set that they had, um, cause it's a pretty, you know, they, they kept it going. Um, and sometimes it went on a little bit long in terms of some of the, like, and we'll get into this, but, um, uh, but overall I thought the use of space and cinematography was just amazing. So that's my my overall take of this this thing. Yeah, I think I'm I'm right there with you as usual. We uh, we're on the same page. This was a lot of fun to watch. Um, one of the, like the most exciting things about this film to me uh, was like having zero Uruguay exposure in my life. Yeah, this, me this was like a sudden dose of of something I didn't know that I needed. Yeah, and and like being in this kind of crumbling dank <laughs> uh, abandoned not semi-abandoned health club uh, for for an hour and a half was uh, was a lot of fun so let's let's dig into uh, the story a little bit yeah let's dig into it and i was looking up what the budget was for this just because i was curious and i don't know did you happen to find it i have no idea no. um because i was really wondering about it um but uh, we'll see if we can add that into the show notes later but like just really um Honestly, like overall, beautiful, beautifully shot film. Um, yeah. So, so, I mean, let's talk about, I guess, some of that cinematography, because that is kind of what defines there's some like, you know, establishing stuff about like how messy Iris's family life is uh, at the beginning. But we've also all, like they start with the abuela and that guy, Simon or Simone. Uh, and the bird so that's like right away you know something's not good because the dude's like murdered as murdered a bird uh and then there's some messy literally messy apartment and messy family life stuff before iris takes her daughter tata to work with her um but is even tata that, miriam even, in the cast i think so um but even um um even the the beginning of the the film, just the opening shots, are really well done. Well, like yeah, they how, do kind of like it's not quite a oneer, but the the no, but it's close. But yeah, it, it's from the, the guy with the bird, idea. they kind of they slowly pan the camera. It feels like it's just the same shot down into the car with Javi and Tata uh, having like their discussion. And it yeah, goes. I mean, it goes from like one scene to the other, and you're kind of like kind of like listening in on whatever's happening and you're getting like this sort of like this just this overlay an overview of what's happening with these characters so I thought that that was really well done um and then it pulls out to this the, the whole sort of overhead scene when when Tata and her mom and Iris go to the the health club where Iris is working and they also set up the premise for all of this pretty well so you know you have Tata who's there's been like and they've set it up like it's done very quickly in the first few you see that Iris has you know there's a photo of her and and Tavi and, and Tata but also another baby and like you figure out that um there's a been a tragedy here um she's very much um, absented herself from her maternal um, sort of oversight of, of Tata. She doesn't want it. She's very irresponsible. And honestly, it was so well done that even in the beginning, it was like, oh, my goodness, this is this kid's mother. That was a bit of a reveal, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like this. And then you understand totally 
why Tata doesn't really necessarily want to stay with her because she's even forgot that she was supposed to watch her. And their apartment's disgusting. It's (laughs) disgusting. And the kids commenting on it. And so it's just it really sets the table in this incredibly well done way. Um, So what I was meaning about storytelling is that detail and how quick it was Mm -hmm. just to set these characters. You know who they are so quickly. Um, and, you know, you, you're kind of under the impression that Iris is this uh, sort of I honestly she's talking to her roommate. They're just kind of hanging out. They've been drinking. They've been partying. The party's just like I thought she was like this irresponsible sort of like person that just was off doing like fun and fancy free. And then that Tata gets introduced and you're like, whoa. Uh, so just truly a well done intro to these characters. Yeah. Um, and, and then the uh, the aerial shot with the, the drone shot is incredible as they're um, just going even, to even work. from like. Yeah. So those those shots have all kind of bled into each other. It's kind of hard yeah. to tell if there are edits. But then from inside her apartment with Iris and then Tata shows up and Javi's there and the roommate. Um, that is all if, from my perspective. It was all one shot and then yeah. going down the stairs and then they kind of seamlessly go up into the drone shot. Yep. And and show like how things are really kind of breaking down. People are getting chased through the streets, even as they're just kind of walking two blocks to get to her office or to her job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that was to me just like kind of a stop and take a take a break, take a minute to uh, to think about how this was going. Um, I, I really really enjoyed that. And then you kind of like get down on ground level with with Iris as she like you know gets her kid into her job where she's probably not supposed to be they check in with David who's uh this like street guard mm-hmm. or something um and well, we she can... even has she even has Tata like hiding behind a car yeah. and I'm, I I was sort of puzzled by that whole thing for a moment and then it became clear that she wasn't really supposed to have her there with her yeah um and yeah so that was that was all just fantastic uh, like in terms of how they had that set up. It took a little while, uh, I think, contextually for me to figure out what the Neptune Club was or even what it was called, because uh, I think she talks, she refers to a club with Javi earlier on. I thought she was talking about like a nightclub. Yeah, uh, me too. Her I, security I, I guard honestly, uniform is like, doesn't look that official. Yeah, I wasn't honestly sure because she talked about the club and I thought it was maybe waitressing or something, but she was wearing the uniform, which didn't jibe. And then, of course, when they show up, I, I was oh okay that makes sense that makes so much more sense um so that was a little unclear but this first act the the, um the tropes that you were talking about they lay on three pretty fast pretty heavy uh which were the the radios the radio is like talking about an epidemiological blah blah incident and patience and proximity and transmission and stuff and she's just like i'm not paying attention to it whatever uh she leaves Tata in the gym and goes and finds a J to smoke pretty, pretty early on, which is even like old school horror trope. Right. Yep. Um, and then also, the other one, but also was, she's leaving, but also she's leaving her kid in this weird yeah. room of all the places to leave her in this place. Honestly, it seemed a little weird. And why was the floor wet? I don't <laughs> Everything understand. in this place was wet, man. It was just yeah. a wet building. It was really gross. gross. I'm trying to think of what the third one was. There was a third uh, very clear trope. Uh, the cameras, the ca- the security cameras and being able to see all this stuff going on to me was very, um, very tropey. I, I know they used it a bit in 28 Days Later. Yeah. Uh, and other I, films. It's, it's 
flown out of my head. I had another one uh, oh, on, on deck, but it's it's okay. Um, yeah, I, I mean, clearly she leaves her daughter in that gym so she can go sneak in that that sneaky joint, right? Um, right. But then she is kind of half-heartedly, at least, doing her job. She's walking around because she has to check in with those finger scanners. Yep. That is um, a little bit telegraphed, I think, yep. for the end yep. of the film. You're like, oh, these are really important. So are these smoke grenades, apparently, that they find in the gym. You're, you know, there's some stuff that is just like, oh, okay, really broadcasting it, Yeah, they're broadcasting it pretty. It's it's a little ridiculous because I don't know. Um, but there's, there's just I think they really lucked out with this set and the, the way they have it lit. It's it's dim and gloomy. It's wet for some unknown reason. Uh, and it's kind of scary. Uh, and, you know, Iris is continuously telling Tata, like, be brave. Like, my I was left in a field with a bunch of snakes once. And this is her story about, like, bravery. Um, but we can see that things continuously are continuing to go badly. Um, and it kind of it escalates pretty quickly um, uh, to the point where she's like leans over and she's like, David, there's some people in the street beating each other up. He's like, don't worry about it. They're junkies. I already called the cops. It's going to be fine. And then I feel like 10, 15 seconds later, (laughs) he's dead. Everybody's crazy. It's like a riot. There's like a whole bunch of zombies inside the club. Right. And they also, I mean, I thought it was a nice, not a nice touch, but a good set again, setting of this character. Iris cannot be trusted. She's not even trusted by her employers really. They, they, you know, even the guy she comes in yeah. to take over for uh, Marito has has signed in for her because he knows that she's just irresponsible. They won't give her a gun. And she says this to, to Tata. So we also know that as a security guard, exactly what is she doing other than walking around with a flashlight? Right. And it ineffectively calling the police about this attack. Um, so they've got they've got that stuff going on. And but. They really set up the the whole idea that she and Tata, whoever is in this club, and now there's no help because she sees she sees uh, David dead on the sidewalk very quickly, and she even knows she's a little bit powerless other than being able to lock doors or whatever, right? Like it's just an yeah. interesting thing. Uh, well, by the time she's even seen David dead or David. Uh, she's also been attacked for the first time by right. the guy who is uh, in in the uh, cast no, known as the executive who's played right. by this dude, uh, Rasjid Cesar, who is um, he's actually not bad as a, as no, a big, bad evil good. guy. Uh, and and she, Iris is played by this woman, Paola Silva, also. And I think Miriam is like Tata is the nickname for Miriam. And she she's played by Sofia Gonzalez. And they they're all doing great work. And then Luis shows up later and he is. Uh, like really powerful uh, work from that actor too, played by Daniel Handler. Um, and, and so she's already had this interaction where she's clocked him in the head with a, with a skateboard, then ran away and locked some doors, but she's separated now from Tata. Uh, and Tata is also missing because she's no longer in the gym when she goes to check on her. Uh, and right. she's now been wandering around looking for her. And, I would say what is like 75% of the film. She's wandering around looking for Tata basically. Right. More than that. Yeah. yeah, But this is what this is coming to one of my first critiques of this. And there's, you know, they set up, they set up um, Iris as this irresponsible mom, but even so she knows something's going on. She knows, wouldn't she be just, I don't know that she'd run like she'd be running to find her kid. 
I don't really care what's going on at this point. She's going to be running to find her kid, not she just hanging out and is. crying and doing weird stuff like she's doing that. Yeah. I did not believe at all. Um, I, I think the minute something like that happens, you're you're off and running. And she was not doing that. And I found that to be a little strange. Um but and un, honestly, a little unbelievable, um, uh, no matter what's happened. And, you know, they talk about how it was Nico's birthday, which is the their uh, her son who died. Um, I just don't buy that she wouldn't be off and finding her remaining child. I just don't. So that was a that felt weird to me. And then she she does eventually, you know, they use the walkie talkie. And I actually think to pretty much good effect. Usually I'm a very big critic of the walkie talkie thing. But it doesn't but last does, long, too. No, which, she which doesn't. Nice. They don't use it as the only tool throughout this to communicate. But yeah, I like how she is able to to have Tata go and hide and all that stuff. And they use that, I think, in a good way. That was the phone even went by the time yep. she was uh, she'd found it on the cameras and was telling her to go yep. lock the door. It was uh, they'd already like moved on from the walkies, which well, we love that. Right. We don't we don't need more walkies in our in our zombie fair. Um, um, second, the other the other thing that I felt was a little of a stretch is Iris figuring out the 32 second thing, which is what the name of the film gets the name from. Yeah. It's called Virus 32. Yeah. And the premise is, is that this virus, which is mm, very much like a 28 days later thing, which is like a rage virus, causes all these people who are infected to go into these rages and violence and all sorts of crazy stuff. And unclear exactly what, like, it feels like they, they unevenly apply this rule, quite frankly, but after they've gone through some oh. violent moments or whatever it is, an incident, what like an episode maybe is what you might call it. They have 32 seconds where they just stay still and calm and don't move. Yeah. They kind of are aware, but they don't, they're not able to sort of um, do any more violence for those 32 seconds. She figures this out so quickly in a way that I didn't really fully buy. Uh, how did you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was really underscore like when the guy kills that cat, which is yeah. pretty pretty gruesome, and, and then he looks at her right, but she's like able to just run away and he doesn't chase her. I think that probably is the first thing that clues her in. And then she watches it again on the camera, uh, and she compares it with stuff on the street. I think there's enough data there for her to come, yeah. come to that conclusion but yeah sure it's it's a little it's a little fast and convenient it's not as bad as the counting toy in world war z counting to 12 true, or whatever true, true. <laughs> was uh with brad pitt like staring and listening to the counting uh wind-up toy in the streets of boston or wherever the hell they were it was like it was madness uh but yeah it's it's a little convenient and it's also just like a weird conceit for a zombie I, I was convinced this was going to be some kind of transmission thing, but really it's just like, yeah, they hit pause after they do a kill. Um, yep. And and the big question I think that you're referring to comes up in the very final scenes of the film, uh, as far as how they are unevenly yep. applying this. And we can get to that. Um, so we've also seen, like I was wondering where this bald guy and his little girl were for like <laughs> they Me showed it, they showed them in one short scene on the cameras when she's like oh wow there's all kinds of people in my in my office in my gym now uh, they show this one quick scene on the, on the cameras and then we don't see him again until he's actually already dead um, and there's like it's kind of a little bit of a Deus Ex Machina for how Tata is still alive uh, it's right and it's it's definitely I. I... Well, I'll admit that when they came to this thing, and we'll talk about Luis in a moment, yeah. um, 
but I thought he had actually killed her or something and didn't and told her and was really like much more evil than we could even have imagined. Luis is a real problematic character. Real problem. He is a real problem. But we'll talk about him in a minute. But I was also thinking, when is his dad and daughter going to get involved in this? And they only use it really to set up that whole thing for the switch for the Tata dead, not dead thing. Um, So, you know, so there is that piece. Um, I feel like the other the next thing that they go into here is is this amazing scene, honestly, in the locker room of the swimming pool. Yeah, that was great Uh, because she starts throwing those balls. Uh, Mm -hmm. One of them comes back at her later, which I feel like they didn't quite amp up. Like that could have been a real shining moment, you know, where yep. the balls are rolling down the hallway, but they, mm-hmm. they kind of let that go. But what they're using so well here is that the for cinematography that you were talking about before, like, cause our camera is in, in a one shot mode following Iris and kind of like looking over her shoulder sometimes. And so we see things that she's not seeing like zombies right. just walking casually past in the background. Um, uh, I thought this scene was so tense uh, and in a great way. Yes, yes. And they use that tension. And this isn't the only place they, they used it, but this is the the exactly what we were talking about, utilizing this set to the most, like they use this set to the hilt. They really just did an incredible job at raising that tension. This, I think, was one of the best scenes in the movie, um, in my opinion, um, yeah. just in how they used, how she was figuring out how to, you know, hopefully get to safety. Um, and then you, as she makes the, the mad dash it ends up in the pool, um, just the underwater scenes I thought were really well done. And <laughs> this but, is where we meet Luis. Yeah. But Luis part was confusing to me because I don't know that she would know. I don't know. It was just, it was that, but still I thought I liked that whole setup and it sets up the whole idea that they can't necessarily swim. So the the zombies, so. <laughs> they can't necessarily swim. Yes. Right. Uh, I mean, he's like, the, yeah, it's, that's pretty well done. He's just like, I'm not sure that I could have been as calm as she was where she's being held underwater by a strange man. Exactly. And he's, and he's just pointing. And I can't see underwater without goggles. Nope. So I, <laughs> I would have just been like punching or kicking or freaking out completely. Well, um, I well, and also I, she's been, she's been pursued. So how does yeah. she know that he's not one of these crazy people? So yeah. that's the thing that I was like, eh. but anyway, it was still a good, a good shot. Despite the fact that agree, I could not see a damn thing underwater. So, uh, so that that's fascinating. Then they come out of the water and, and like dry off or something. And then he starts telling her, quite calmly, quite naturally, like, oh, yeah, my name's Luis, and I'm here to, you know, I was on my way to the hospital with my wife and daughter, and um, I'll help you find your daughter if you help me. Uh, and just, you know, I, I'm, I'm all ready to deliver a baby. I just need another pair of hands. Uh, and then he's like, okay, sort of reasonable, sort of reasonable. And then, like, we rapidly go into less reasonable territory, uh, especially when we find, when we meet Mimi, who is, you know, obviously a zombie. Uh, and And then, he reveals that he already knows Tata and he's met her and uh, and starts to, uh, you know, hold her hostage or her location hostage. At yeah, least. like he, he quickly goes from this character where you're like, OK, yeah, guys, just trying to get to the hospital. Oh, oh, OK. He's got a zombie wife and she's pregnant. And that's very much Dawn of the Dead, like absolutely a Dawn of the Dead moment yep. where he's acting as if this is completely reasonable and even says to her. 
Um, and this is like the reveal where it's it's just really I mean, this was at the point where I was like, oh, he's going to have to die. Like, you just don't do that. And um, he basically admits that he's he's like hidden Tata somewhere. And understandably, Iris is just incredibly um, beyond outraged and, and panicked about it and just tries to attack him and it doesn't go well. Um, but I was just, his behavior here is on the border, not even on the border. It's well over the line of, cre- Ooh, you have to just sort of placate this guy. Cause he is not fully in his right mind. Right. Yeah, irredeemable. And luckily yep. for Iris, she does, she does start to placate and, and goes along uh, with his scheme of delivering his baby from his zombie bride. Um, and, you know, yeah, he says things like, if you have threatened my family again, I'll kill everybody. I don't care. I'll kill you. I'll kill your kid. I feel like he even says. So he is completely yep. irredeemable. Yep. Um, but like then this. Yeah, this is the thing with this movie and his character is they really rubber band you with him. And yep. because he does, he, he yes, he and he, has, he admits he has saved Iris's life twice. He saved her in the shower area and then he threw her underwater yep. and held her there mm-hmm. um, while the, they killed that. Well killed in question uh, in parentheses that that zombie in the pool uh, and and now they're like hauling the mimi back upstairs and he like his way of traveling through this building is so nonchalant too to me like he's talking in kind of conversational tones he's just kind of like hold, keeping up a conversation about like i don't know fatherhood or something um and they go upstairs to yet another swimming pool, which is empty at this time. And, Ooh, and we should also we should also mention that this is the point where he reveals that there's a boat and that yeah. they are welcome to join him. Right. And by the way, they're still, you know, they're bringing his wife up the stairs, who is totally bananas and fully under the virus uh, influence. And he talks about how she started to show symptoms a few days before, tried to like self-harm her own baby and so you can imagine what kind of a hospital trip that was in the ambulance when all this happened and so but he's talking about all this in a reasonable way and even how he talks to iris about uh tata and oh well you know if somebody you loved was infected if tata was infected would you abandon her and maybe this thing will pass like a cold right and she's she had brought up the fact that oh maybe the baby's infected and he just keeps looking at her and says well i'll deal with that when we get to it or something weird like that like it is he is putting like this very reasonable tone on things that are absolutely unreasonable and outrageous he clearly also has a switch inside where he becomes unreasonable there's definitely a switch. Um, um, so anyway, he's also, yeah, the exposition guy. Cause he's also, he knows the rules because mm-hmm. well, his wife has been slowly, apparently slowly succumbing to this. Uh, mm-hmm. They have these like little circles on their palms is, is one of the, the symptoms or like the only symptom before they become mm-hmm. completely crazy. And so he's kind of like, wow, don't you know anything? First of all, they can't swim. Second of all, they give little circles uh, end of, end of exposition kind of, but it's enough that uh, suddenly, you know, he's, he's the expert, uh, and so, yeah, they also find Javi. Somehow he's in this building and on the roof in this empty pool and he is not in great shape. And he and uh, Iris have a fairly lengthy, too lengthy, definitely too lengthy scene yep. of her and, and him coming to like, a, you know, the conclusion of their relationship. It, it was pretty clear, even from the early scenes, that they still had a lot of chemistry. It's just that yep. Iris had gone off the deep end of grief into you know this this coping whatever she was doing and and he was like just raising tata basically by himself 
And so they have a, a discussion about who's who is at fault for Nico, the baby's death. And yeah, it seemed a lot to go into when he's bleeding out in a pool. <laughs> Apparently he thought that was really important uh, for his last words to be like your mom, mom, mom it up. Uh, and then there's this uh, pretty insane scene where a bunch of zombies come into this room all at once and, uh, and they have to use the uh, smoke grenades. Um, and this also leads into one of the two, two, two for me scenes where I was just like, oh, I don't think I could watch this. Uh, right no. when <laughs> when uh, a zombie comes up to bound Mimi and that was the, pretty rough that was they had this like really uncomfortable zombie to zombie uh, understanding moment and then the machete to the belly scene Ooh, and I'm just yeah. like oh she this is gonna happen and then they don't let it happen and they do this twice and I guess I'm grateful for the fact that they take you up to this edge of like absolutely not uh, and then they don't do it um, and so I am grateful for that because it could have definitely could have been worse. It could have gone very differently. Um, and I, yeah, I, this was like the moment where it was really well done and I appreciated the filmmaking. Um, but um, it was, it was a rough thing to watch and they do push it right up to the last minute. Um, when the other zombie's about to, I think, just cut into her belly. And that gives you some inkling that maybe the kid is normal. Um, right. But yeah. but it was done, but it was really done in a good way. And that is something that this movie does repeatedly. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the last moment save. Um, and, and this also shows you, sorry, finish your sentence. No, no, no. The last moment save when it would be something that would be quite, I would have had a hard time keeping watching if yeah. such a thing had happened. Yes, right? exactly. And this also, this scene also shows you that Iris she had a chance to leave Mimi and Luis here and just go try to find Tata on her own, even though she doesn't know where she is. She had a chance to leave at this point. She had a chance to stay in hiding, but she uh, calls out to the machete wielding zombie and, and, and basically saves the day in time for Luis to come out and finish it off. So this was like a, this is a big moment for our heroine here as, as like this irresponsible person. Now mm -hmm. she's taking responsibility for that infant unborn child in a way. Right. Yeah. So I thought that was, that was pretty important. Um, and the, you know, this, this whole scene really just underscores that Luis is somehow a heroic character too, because he's constantly uh, against all odds surviving and bailing her out and saving her life. Uh, and after this, then I think we go straight into the labor and delivery scene the baby is the first baby they show is weird and, and CGI and uh, uncanny Valley. And I didn't like it. Yeah. The baby's super creepy um, in a disturbing way. Um, but they do. I, I mean, if you want to talk about a horror delivering this baby from a zombie mom, that was well done. But this next part was the part where I really this was the part where I was like, are you serious? Come on. He would never, ever, ever in a million years do this. Ever. He insists on skin to skin with Which the... is just insane because also you don't know how this virus is, mm -hmm. um, Transmitted. is contracted. And yeah. I just do not buy that he would ever do this, given all he has sacrificed even if he believes that she might be well at some point, I just don't buy this scene at all. And he gives her a pigeon to placate her for something to, to, to then do her 30, 32 seconds of calm. And then in a in an insane twist, the lights go out and she somehow manages to take the baby and not kill him. 
And there's this whole tense scene where she's like holding the baby's head and all this weirdness. That's a real baby. Those were real, real human adult fingers. Like, yep. Yep. aggressively massaging an infant's face and yeah uh, it was not good that made me feel weird yeah i'm hoping that was actually that child's mother and it wasn't as as rough as it looked on film um it did look to me it looked pretty rough and it, it was a little just, rough yeah um but maybe that it was not as much maybe that's the magic of filmmaking i hope and then this is the second thing that is okay do not i was just like if they if they go where i really don't want them to go here i don't know if i can finish watching this. yeah and th- these two moments are so close together in the film you're right. left a little a little traumatized right but yeah. um Luis is really fast on the trigger is the short version and even though uh, mimi was about to we assume do something to the baby uh he he shoots her in the head first yep. uh, of course this this also introduces this like horrible element in any horror film of a newborn baby um in a horror film. <laughs> right. Like, and like how much is, well, at least they had a C and while the CGI baby was terrible, I approve of it. Not be a child, not being in that room for that scene. Cause it was so weird. Hmm. And I don't know how much kids take in, but that just seems like a bad idea. So maybe, maybe it was just a scene and maybe it was just its mom looking at it lovingly and that this kid didn't really actually go through any trauma, but yeah. just really just even the idea of a kid, kind of going through this is a little upsetting but i'm not sure that they even showed a baby again other than like a a doll and swaddling for the rest of the movie after this i'm sure even just having like babies on set for just to film those scenes was probably a long time and and too much to put a kid through yeah Uh, yeah so the problem here of course and i don't mean to get into like baby mechanics but they need to eat like as soon as they're born and yep. every two hours after that, and I know the the rest of the movie, it's a short movie. It's 130 minutes total. Right. But like they never show anybody feeding that child. Nope. <laughs> and, I was that, thinking the yeah. same thing. And I was also thinking, well, where on earth are they going to get anything? It seems like this whole city is in flames and they're by the waterfront and there doesn't seem to be a lot around. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. I, I don't know how this was going to work or the next step is going to work, but I think the movie is just like, we're going to ignore the fact that babies eat, you know, need formula yeah. or need yeah. milk for now. And and just accept the fact that this newborn is really quiet and docile a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, cool. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, as soon as this scene is done, it's like Luis is like, all right, I've got my baby Tata's in the boiler room, um, which is like one room away from the workshop where, Iris knew she was Mm -hmm. because that's kind of exactly like directly. She goes there, uh, finds the bald guy that we saw on the camera earlier with his revolver on the floor nearby, finds the cast cut open and Tata's backpack. And then we see the burned uh, body of a, you know, probably a a tween or like a kid, like Tata's age. And what I don't like what the movie's doing here because I, I know that Tata's okay, like just because of how movies work, right? And story. But they have still killed a child in this scene. Like we yep. don't have to watch it. But yeah, no, agreed. Like a child is gone and you're you're in this weird position where when you find out, oh, it, it was this random dad and his daughter and that the, the people threw her into the boiler and Tata's like, oh, he tried to save me and whatever. But there's this moment and you're like, oh, I'm glad it wasn't Tata, but this 
this horrible thing where this other kid has died and this dad and this kid has died. It just is a really, and they just keep kind of going, which I guess they have to, but it's just rough. And I feel like Tata would be maybe shell shocked having witnessed this. No. And which makes it, there's a lot of scenes later on where Iris is like, Tata, close your eyes. Well, Tato also already watched this kid getting thrown to a boiler and dying. Yeah. So maybe maybe this isn't the time to like be shielding her at this point because the, the damage is done and maybe we need her to be more alert and watching out for herself. But, you know, it's anyway. it's, a, it's a troubling part of the film. It's not like a deal breaker, but it's I was just like, damn, dude, that that's a dead kid. Like you, you did do it. You did it. Film. Uh, yeah. yeah, so they they are reunited. Oh, no, they're not reunited. Um, first, we go through a like a, one of those chest mounted shaky cam scenes with Iris reeling from the like thinking that her daughter's dead, uh, grabbing this dude's gun and going to uh, shoot herself with it before she notices the little red finger light um, <laughs> that is our trail of breadcrumbs to find her daughter. Uh, and that's fine right a little bit obvious also somewhat implausible but cool what like anytime the wrong finger is put on these sensors they it just glows red forever until it's i don't know it just seemed because anybody could be touching these things wouldn't have necessarily been her daughter you also have these crazy people running through who knows what kinds of things they're getting into yeah maybe they see the light and they seem to be like a doing like a sound light smell so anyway but Okay, I'll give them this little breadcrumb trail, and they set this up very obviously at the beginning. So I'll I'll give it to them. Yeah. Uh, once they're reunited, she's referring to herself as mom, and I'm going to promise you that I'm going to get you out of here, or something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, the room full of rats, I thought was was good. Like that's these are the moments where you you have, you, you finally or you have a little bit of this like third act hope, or maybe yep. this is the end of the second act. It's kind of blurry here. Uh, but you have a little bit of hope. She like finally Iris is like, she seems to be firing on all cylinders. She's mm-hmm. like, okay, I've got, I've got booze in my flask. I'm going to start a fire. I'm going to chase the rats into the hallway. And then I've yep. got a plan. Uh, my, my issue with the scene was she definitely waited like 10 extra seconds before she started her stopwatch. And then they moved way too slowly through that hallway. Right. And I'm just like, no. And and they do this like really. I thought it was hilarious just <laughs> because they have a, they sort of like show you the countdown on her phone. And it's been clearly about 15 seconds and they show her phone. It says six seconds, which yeah. I just was like, oh, no, it has not been six seconds. Yeah. And yeah. so there is that. And also just run at this point. Just run. Yeah, I don't You're, think that they get shaken out of their stupor by fast movement or being pushed. We haven't seen, but. Definitely the walking super slowly and pointing your gun at each one as you walk past it. Yeah, like which, you need to get out of there and you only have 32 seconds. This seemed even just come on, get let's get out of here. And that that whole scene just drove me absolutely bananas. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> so. was it was pretty frustrating. It was funny that the gun was empty the whole time, too. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then but then she picks up that like piece of rebar and really does some work. Uh, the The following scenes are. A little weird because like Tata is a little kid, I don't know, 10, 12, and they managed to keep ahead of this gang, this huge crowd eventually of, of running adult zombies. And they, they these these are not like uncoordinated. Nope, are, they're very are, fast. The fast coordinated zombies are not slow. 
at all. They're not even like slightly awkward running. She does and, use her knowledge of like the layout of the gym mm-hmm. to kind of stay ahead of them and use the stairs and stuff. And I thought that was good. Down the lockers. I thought that was good. Well, and also at the beginning, they show her and Tata running to work together. So I felt like they were trying to set up the, the idea that mm. maybe they were OK doing this um, and it was sustainable. So I thought that that was probably part of what they did in the beginning for them to run to work, although they don't show them like fully sustained running to work. So it's hard to totally connect that but i felt like that was the thing and they she's been the security guard here for years so they eventually end up outside um here is another extra to me an excruciating part was the whole ruse with the car and stapling <laughs> the things and like well they had it, to introduce that staple gun that whatever yeah, i know but still it was just yeah anyway they have a whole ruse where she, they're the the zombies are locked in an ambulance and she and Tata are in the car, but they have fabric up, I guess, so that they can't see that they're not in there or something. Yeah. Um, I thought initially it was like, so they couldn't get in. And I'm like, that is not going to help you. <laughs> and also, why are you putting it in front of the windshield? Yeah. And so and then they, of course, you know, there's this whole ruse and it, it goes down the street. And then this is the part that I still don't fully get because. Yep. And this is the part where they don't apply these rules. These zombies are they're rage zombies they don't and they this particular guy this executive zombie guy that they keep showing they have they do show him watching the security cameras but he doesn't have a knowledge of this building that we know of maybe he does i guess but to get around and to get to where they are so quickly because they do show very obviously a camera that Mm -hmm. clearly must have shown uh, tata and, and iris going down into that sinkhole going back in the underground to get away from the, the zombie horde and he ends up down there. But did you find I found that to be a little ridiculous that he could find them that easily? Uh, yeah, I guess maybe he's a special kind of zombie. The, that, that was not as much of a problem for me. I saw them set it up. I was like, this is very expected. Uh, the things that I didn't understand about this scene were why he claps with his wrists uh, that didn't get that bit of, bit of context. It was yeah, like me a neither. I was a thing, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I didn't understand that. That was just something that this guy particularly would do. And then and after, I don't, uh, did we we never saw anybody else doing that, right? No, he was the only just one him. doing it. Maybe it's a Uruguay thing. Uh, and then after, well, you know, long story short, they find Luis and Baby down there. Luis is not long for this world, and uh, has and then to he pay, shows up. has to pay for all that shifty, the, all those shifty things he was doing. Yeah, right? even though he's like this, you know, redeemed whatever. He no, he's a bad guy. Uh, although he's I think he says at one point in the movie, like, I'm not a ba- I'm a good person. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, no, you're not. no, you're not. Nope. Nope. So executives, uh, Iris does this like, you know, noble sacrifice. She's like, Tata, when you hear nothing, you have 32 seconds, then you have to run. And she goes to attack the executive zombie who just beats down on her. Yeah, this is pretty rough. And it's not, you know, all you're really looking at is Tata's face. So it's it's done you know uh tasteful i guess you can say yeah but he's like stomping we saw what he did to the cat so all you can do and i mean look i have to admit that this was a pretty artful way to do it because you you saw what he did to the cats you can only yeah come to the conclusion that he's doing the same to iris so the fact that she is in any way conscious after this is pretty incredible and and i don't buy that yeah so he goes into his stupor and tata goes to check on mom Iris is like breathing and talking, eyes open, starts moving her arms even. She's not dead. So nope. why has this guy gone into a stupor? Is it because Luis has died and that like triggered it? 
Maybe. I don't know. But well, to me, I was like, that's the to me. I thought that was the only explanation or that they don't actually have to kill to go into just the go through these episodes. I don't know. But um, or maybe he thought she was. So she, he was already in the stupor again. They play with this 32 second time in a way that is does well, not make sense. Fit in a whole flashback to the beach yep. um, before they have her shoot him in the forehead with a staple gun. And that is enough to penetrate his skull. I'm not sure what what kind of staple gun this is, but it's like a, a nail gun meets a staple gun, maybe. Uh, but yeah, they they jack up executive zombie, and then yeah, Iris, uh, you know, beyond all uh, po- probable outcomes, stands up and they bend some metal bars to extract the baby and walk out into the into the port, um, and like what. Yeah, and then there's like a, it's not a post-credit scene, but there's definitely like another scene that happens here, right? With the with the swimming pool zombie suddenly wakes yep. up, yep. um, and and like the music gets a lot more sinister, and it's just like, oh yeah, you thought you were you thought this was gonna be like a sort of a happy ending, which clearly it's not. Like the city is destroyed, and they still can't. They still don't have food for this kid. Yeah, yeah, well, baby or or them. That's so never, like- that's never been a concern. Yeah, but the, but anyway, but it was I I wasn't sure what they were do- going with for this. I thought maybe this cured the guy, but maybe not. And maybe he's just I don't know. But the music makes you think, oh, no, they now can come back after stasis in the water somehow. So the whole <laughs> drowning thing is not a thing. It's not right? a thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Like, you know, taking this movie apart scene by scene, maybe uh is is not fair to it because it does have so many strong elements in that little tight cast that tight set the amazing uh camera work good makeup um and and this was a lot of fun to watch even though it was super stressful and there were a couple of scenes where i was like no no you don't but then they didn't it's a recommender i think though right no totally totally um i and even with these like and again, these are just normal things to talk about and criticisms and things like that. But I think overall, I enjoyed the heck out of this with those moments, even those scenes. And they were really well done, like where they take it almost too far to the edge and bring it back. I thought that that was really well done. But I would absolutely recommend this. And yeah. um, again, the use of this set was, to me, just so incredible. Really, truly impressive um, because they they the lighting, the color, um, the, the, the everything about this just I thought was impressive to me. And I still have not been able to find out the budget, um, but I just think that this was just a really good attempt and a good execution. And honestly, I think it's better than a lot of some of the bigger tentpole uh, zombie movies that we have seen. And I enjoyed it a lot more than some of those. So, oh, hell yeah. Um, um, I also wanted to say, uh, I think that the cast is probably weirdly incomplete so miriam is actually mimi and that this tata is played by somebody else that is not listed um (laughs) she's like a pretty major character yeah her name is unless this is who they have listed but um like so that's kind of odd that they don't have that well when i was watching the credits uh, her name is uh pilar garcia okay well great great job pilar uh when i was watching the credit scroll i didn't even see iris or iris listed yeah. So cast. I don't know. I don't know what they were doing here, but but those actors should certainly get 
credit for what they did. Yeah. Um, I also want to say like the the whole thing with Tata, she's a they did a good job under like she's definitely and and this was another thing that they set up really well at the beginning. She's used to taking care of things. She's used to taking care of her mom. Um, and taking more of an adult role because her mom is so responsible. So I liked that they set that up immediately. So you do believe that she's quite capable of kind of like taking care of herself. And, and, and that's exactly what they show at the end is that she does take care of business with exec zombie. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but I like how they didn't play her in this strange way that they sometimes do with kids. Like, I think that their rendition of her was, was realistic. Um, She doesn't get a lot of time to like talk about her feelings, I guess she kind of recites, she recites what happened in the, in the boiler room, but uh, she doesn't. Yeah. And I guess in the very first scene, she's talking about, she doesn't want to hang out with her mom or go to her mom's place. And we, we understand why, but they don't try to do too much with her. And I think that's where a lot of, child characters can fall apart is in, in trying to write that dialogue or, or make them uh, more, more multidimensional. She's not super uh, multidimensional in this film and that's okay. It's really the Iris vehicle. The Iris is our, is our main story arc of uh, low to high and Luis is low to high to medium. I don't know. <laughs> Luis, I'll never understand you. Um, all right, but yeah, I think that's that's the movie, uh, Virus Thirty Two. It's on Shutter. I think it's uh, definitely a, a go go watch it. And um, I would love to see more stuff from Uruguay. Yeah, no, and that was actually the other thing I thought was so fantastic. I don't, you know, I have a I have a friend from there, and I, obviously I've seen the photos that they have put up of the city, but never really seen a film that had been had been taken place there. And I really enjoyed that because it was just sort of a very different city um landscape and it was kind of cool because you got to see pieces of this especially in the the drone footage at the beginning um and then just seeing the water and everything at the end that i thought was pretty cool um though i think some of the effects obviously on the coastline and whatever were were cgi but um that was like kind of a fun thing just to have a new landscape um that wasn't europe that wasn't the u.s right like i thought that was a cool cool little piece and I would love to see more from this director I know that they were I think some of the criticism that I've seen out there is that they were pulling too heavily from 28 days later but I don't know I just thought that this yeah sure it's that premise but if you're comfortable with that I I feel like that this was this was really great and um they don't get too far into the weeds about what exactly is causing this and how it's transmitted but like I just thought that this overall was a fun ride. And I, I definitely, if you're into these, if you're into this genre, I think this is well worth watching. Yeah. For an hour and a half, like they definitely, they, they pack in the stuff you want and not much of the stuff you don't. So that makes it uh, definitely worth the price of admission. So um, yeah, let us know what you think. If you've seen this, let us uh, give us a holler. We're on Twitter at uh, reanimated PCAST. Um, we are on emails at reanimatedpodcast at gmail.com and, and you can find our show notes such as they will be for this episode because uh, we didn't have a lot of news on uh, line at reanimatedpodcast.com give us a shout let us know what you think uh, and if you like what we do you know it's always nice if you can uh, give us a review on your podcast listening um, vehicle of, of your choice whether that's uh, stitcher google play spotify we're all over the place you can find it um And I'm going to say thank you for listening and uh, ta-ta. Also, thank you for listening and ciao. Not to be confused with ta-ta. Nope, not the other (laughs) ta-ta. Okay.
All right. Bye for now. Till next time. Bye.